How are we doing? <laughs> hello. Hello, hello, hello. How's so, the sound? Sounds. I think it sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounds clear. Sounds crisp. Sounds meaty. Sounds meaty on my end, anyway. I'm currently in a closet underneath a load of shirts, but we'll get to that. <laughs> the the podcast studio. The podcast studio. No longer the closet. No. Okay, so look, what are we doing here? Why are we here? Why are you here? Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm your brother. That's a good start. Uh, Why I'm here? Why I'm here? So I'm here in simple terms because I want to win the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or BJJ for short, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or BJJ World Championships, the Masters in 2020, and I need all the help I can get. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what are you doing here? So, to help you in that effort is one component of why I'm here, but also I've been working on an approach to behavioral design, so... I'm a theoretical psychologist and I've been working on an approach to change. A theoretical psychologist. When people ask me what what Mark is, I usually kind of take a deep breath and it takes about 15 minutes to to, to explain what you do. And what do you normally say? I I normally finish by, you know, I should just give him a shout and he'll let you know himself. Um, (laughs) No, I say you're a PhD student, uh, doing a PhD in cognitive, a cognitive science-based uh, subject that focuses on behavior. And I just kind of leave yeah. it at that. That's the short version, but go on, you continue. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, it's, it's uh, interesting to hear what you do say, because uh, I don't really know myself, you know, so I was thinking if you <laughs> would better ideas, maybe <laughs> I might borrow one of them. Uh, the, maybe by the end of this, uh, this these few sessions you'll know what you're doing <laughs> yeah, no, I've settled on theoretical psychologists because it's actually something that's easy to get across and it stops people asking me for advice and thinking that I can somehow read their mind or something what I really do is the philosophy of cognitive science so it's a very theoretical approach to understanding the nature of mind and cognition. But what we're doing here is not really relevant to my PhD necessarily, but it's a kind of a side project I've been working on for a long time. Um, Just stemming from my own experience and actually really my own challenges with uh, behavior. And what it is, is a complex adaptive systems and active cognitive science approach approach to understanding behavior and it's changing and the reason for doing this is to really kind of think through some of the principles and their application and we had been talking about this for a while and well you had the idea well maybe rather than just going through these sessions where i'm kind of coaching you through behavioral change and behavioral say developing behavioral stabilities and whatnot rather than just us having the conversation um, to ourselves and taking notes on it or whatever the case was afterwards maybe we're as well to just record it because it both serves ourselves and maybe it might serve other people so 
Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose it's worth explaining. Like, I was going to do the Worlds anyways. So I had this kind of goal in mind. I was going to do the Worlds anyways. And you had this, we'll, we'll call it EBD for short, Eco Behavioral Design, just so... Uh, EBD, easy, yeah, right? EBD, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could go into what that is in a, in a few minutes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. He, you know, I was going to do the Worlds. You had this this thing you were playing with for a few years. We we knew it had use, and but we've never really put it into practice in, in real-term settings. So when I was thinking about doing the Worlds and knowing that I would need help to win a competition that I should not uh, do well in really uh well you know we'll we'll get to that as well i suppose but uh i just knew it'd be a great uh place to try out using your ebd my attempt at winning the world see how and then see how we could help each other you know whether my doing the worlds can help you get a better handle on the ebd and whether your doing the ebd can help me win the worlds it was a great chance for us to uh help each other out as well in in those efforts i suppose yeah there's an omni win dynamic you might say you know win-win for everyone and hopefully for the people listening yeah well that's the thing yeah so do we want to talk about how we ended up sitting in a closet (laughs) and you you in the other side of the world and you know why we're why we're doing a podcast do we want to talk about well um you've touched on it already i suppose yeah, I mean, so I think we can go back to the details of that we've touched on it. You know, we're brothers and all the rest of it. But maybe, maybe I should ask you for for people listening. Maybe if you can give us kind of quick rundown on what jujitsu is, Brazilian jujitsu. Right, I should right. say that we both we both train Brazilian jujitsu, so it's it's a kind of lab for both of us to think through this stuff. But, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're both. Jiu-Jitsu practitioners were both blue belts. Uh, we're, I would say, you know, it's not as if we're good blue belts, but we're we're not speak bad blue belts. So speak for yourself. Uh, yeah, we actually go toe to toe. I don't think we've ever, you know, in any of the roles we've ever had, we've never tapped each other. So that's have we? I don't think so. Well, if we have, it was like it, there was. There's definitely no none of us that is 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 better than the other. So we're pretty. I think, I think you've probably edged ahead of me at this stage, just because. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's true. Like you've taken it yeah. a lot more seriously the last year. Right. Okay. Well, we should. We should. We have to hit the mats again and see how we go. But yeah, we've both been doing jujitsu, so we refer to it as BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu, however we refer to it. That's what we're talking about, and I'll talk about what that is in a second. But we've both been doing that about well i've been doing it three and a half years you'll be doing it a little while longer um so it'd be five years in may but i think i've been on the mats probably two and a half years out all that five right okay yeah so jujitsu itself is we won't talk about the history but we can direct people to how they can find out a bit more about it but i think that'll that'll come out over the course rather than doing the whole history here yeah because we might have jujitsu ju- 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 practitioners listen to this, or there would be just standard people listen to this. Um, but yeah, standard, anyways, standard what it is, people, it, the, the standard, standard people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I, that's not a, a, a derogatory term. It's, it's non-jujitsu practitioners. Uh, the rest of the population, those that have yet to discover it, because uh, we're pretty jujitsu biased, <laughs> so we will be reinforcing it if 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 we do nothing else on this whole endeavor, but get a few more people interested in the martial art, then that's a good effort. So 
yeah, it's ground grappling with submissions. Uh, often performed in the gi or kimono, sometimes not. It's a martial art that has its roots, well, as much as the history I know, its roots in Japan as, as jujitsu, and then ended up in Brazil with the Gracie family. So Count Maeda or Matsuo Maeda and the Gracies got going on it in Brazil and ended up uh, becoming a ground grappling art. So like the smaller guy using technique, leverage. Or girl, I should say. Or girl, yeah. Uh, to beat the larger opponent. And that was, you know, in Brazil about 100 years ago or something like that. I'm not sure the full history. You could jump on Wikipedia, you'd get it in two seconds. But It is an interesting ago, history, isn't it? It's it is. Interesting it, it is an interesting history. history. Yeah, and I think if you are going to do it, you should start with that, even though I can't recite it. But I have a general grasp on it. Yeah, so the Gracie family uh, started working on it and using, uh, turned into this uh, ground grappling art with submissions. So a good place to look if you're looking to kind of get a, a proper history on it rather than me re, regurgitate what I know is uh, if you jump on YouTube, there's Introduction to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Parts 1 and 2, Henner Gracie and Hiram Gracie, two of the Gracie family, have a couple of YouTube videos and that gives you a bit of the history and it gives you a bit of an introduction to the martial art itself, you know, talking about, you know, making distance, closing distance, using the ground, getting to the ground. Etc. Etc. Uh, it's extremely addictive, and once you get into it, I don't know too many that have started and stopped, but I know lots that have started and stuck with it. If you're thinking about trying it, just I think there's a there's a kind of a there's a precipice, isn't there? If you if you pass the six month mark, it's hard not to keep coming back. Yeah, or for me even. Well, I you know my first class, I remember going in. And all right, so you had been telling me about it for a year, and for me it was just like, oh, whatever. Uh, so yeah, jujitsu just sounds good. Went in during the first class, got absolutely annihilated. You know, choked. You know, annihilated by girls, by guys smaller than me, just getting choked out multiple times. Obviously, you don't fall unconscious, so that's you know, you, you can tap. That's the joy of jujitsu right. because it's a martial art that you can practice in your training at full pace. Because you always have the tap, you can tap out. Basically, that is that is like at the end of the day, I think that is the the, the magic ingredient. It know? is that's the special sauce with jujitsu. You can practice at full pace. There's not many other martial arts you can do that. You know, even say boxing when you're sparring, you're 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 going half pace or three quarters pace, and you might have a lot of protection on. But jujitsu, you can compete or practice at the same pace that you would normally compete. Because you protect yourself with the tap. If somebody gets a joint lock on or a choke on before you fall unconscious, you tap. Um, and that's the, that's, the, that's the special sauce. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's, the, um, that's a little bit of the background to jiu-jitsu. And as I said, jump on YouTube if you want to find out more about it. But doing that for a few years and, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to try and do something at a, at a world level. Would I talk a little bit about the world's? Yeah, yeah. Why, 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 um, yeah, why I'm doing a quick, a quick rundown quick, of the world. Quick so, <laughs> the, uh, you know, I've, first of all, I'm just a very average pr- practitioner, like I said, a blue belt. Uh, every class I go to, and we just go to, a, we have a fairly small school that I attend, and I get tapped out multiple times. So I'm not, it's not as if I'm good and I, I'm going to go and just win the worlds and be a champion. But 
the worlds are on in 2020 and I always wanted to try and test myself um, at, at, a, at a high level to see but how you've, you've always been a decent you've always been a decent athlete like if you if you if you put yourself to it you you know you could have been very very good I think in whatever uh, oh thanks thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh, all right well we'll say we'll say mediocre but m- mediocre to good uh but depending on the sport or whatever you know so reasonably fit maybe you could say uh but anyways yeah so over (laughs) living in north america at the moment in western canada and had it on the radar that the worlds are in vegas every year and it'd be a good crack to go down and just try something and and enjoy enjoy the process of of training for something you know like that getting fit and all that comes with it Mm. We could go into that probably more in the next details as to the why as to as to why I'm doing it a bit more. Just probably you'll get into that with me, I'm sure, on a more psychological level. Why even bother? Right, but right, right. that's 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 why we picked the World Masters. Just to say, say the World Masters doesn't mean if you win the worlds, you're the best at jujitsu in the whole world. The World Masters, anybody can enter it. It's a it's a competition open to everybody. But it is that in the European worlds or sorry, the European worlds, <laughs> the European masters uh, is the biggest tournament for people over 30 in the world. So if you're going to try one uh, and you want to really test yourself, that's the one to try because the amount of matches that you've competed in a day is, is, is huge. And if you did win it, you, you could hold yourself in a pretty high state that you're, you're not a bad grappler um, for your age and for your belt category. So that's, that's a bit of that. What about... You know, why tell me about eco behavioral design a bit, give a bit of background on that so people know what you're talking about. I, I, we should say as well, it's not as if I know entirely, like uh, we've talked about it a little bit, obviously, watching what you've been doing over the past few years. But I think it's good to start from, from scratch and, and outlay it for, for me again and for anybody that might be listening. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, it operates within a couple of theoretical frameworks. We'll, talk about a lot as we kind of go through all of this and you know the stuff that i draw upon the concepts and notions that i draw upon will be if not my own they'll be coming from from there so hopefully i can help people familiarize with them over the course of the podcast but the i suppose impetus is a kind of recognition of just the very basic fact that it's hard to change behavior it's fucking hard to change behavior. It's really hard to change behavior. And the existing approaches don't seem to give us much insight as to what the challenges are or why it's so hard. Right. So the kind of standard model that we hear in, say, everyday discourse or popular folk psychological discourse is that uh, you just need more will, you just need more discipline, you need to maybe care about it more. Um, but we've all been in situations where we felt very willed and disciplined and motivated and really cared about something but couldn't quite commit to it. You know, the the, the kind of fall off rates for something like for something like um, a New Year's resolution is like ninety five percent within the first month or something. Something insane, right? And people have gym memberships that they've never attended the gym after haven't paid off you know <laughs> they feel some sort of commitment to go in the first four weeks and pay off whatever it is that they owe the gym and after that they kind of fall off entirely um or that kind of thing right um, yeah. <clears throat> and 
my own kind of additional frustration comes with when looking at the psychological literature on this, the actual say theoretical um, kind of uh, ideas and concepts and frameworks that are brought to bear in it, I don't find satisfying at all. And they don't really, from what I can tell, uh, take full account of what it is to be a person in the world, right? And we'll, we'll kind of clarify all of that as we, as we go through. But let me give you a, a kind of very basic, say, metaphor that le- lets us kind of help think about what the difference is here. So what we normally see in existing approaches, say, two very popular existing approaches, one that's maybe more within the academy, one that's more popular, you hear about things like, say, tiny habits. Or, to tell people what the academy is, right? So, uh, just within is, like, he's, he's supposed to is that like he's supposed to know what the academy is? Is that like a general term in, in the world? <laughs> <laughs> in my world, I suppose it is uh, in academia. Um, so, within the confines of universities and you know journal articles and yeah book chapters and all that. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of approaches there. One is said this approach by this guy, um, BJ Fogg, uh, he refers to what he calls a kind of tiny habits approach. And BJ Fogg is an interesting character. Um, he founded something called the Stanford Behavioral Lab, I believe. And people refer to him as the millionaire, millionaire maker. People like founders of Instagram, all sorts of luminaries or um, you know, people in the kind of tech scene have have come from his lab, and he's also a very controversial figure because he's basically kind of the man behind our phone addictions, right? So he kind of has this approach to behavioral change that he's leveraged in a certain direction, um, and when he brings that to the public, he talks about tiny habits. So he just talks about look to change a behavior, you have to make it really small, effectively. It has to be the right kind of behavior and so on. And I think actually his approach is quite useful. You know, it's actually sensible if all you want to do is kind of change a simple, change a basic habit. Um, and I don't want to kind of denigrate it necessarily, but I think it has limitations and the framework that's brought to bear with it is actually uh, not something I agree with and something I'd like to push back against. So he sees the individual person still as this kind of, as far as I kind of understand, as this kind of willful entity. It's a kind of individual thing, atomistic from the world around it, um, even though it's just been triggered by these stimuluses in in its environment. Uh, So the approach I take uses, if you think about his kind of approach as borrowing from the metaphor of computation, Right, and they'll talk about behavioral programming even. The metaphor I like to kind of bring to bear is the metaphor of the garden, right? I think we should understand behavior much more, say, an individual behavior, an individual habit, much more like a plant in a garden and recognize the challenges that come with the kind of cultivation of that than we should about or should think about it as a kind of behavioral algorithm or something. And there's a lot of reasons for that, and we'll kind of clarify them too as we go forth. But the basic kind of insight there is that you don't just have stimulus and response and then, you know, these 
individual behaviors disconnected from each other and you know they're acting somehow like a bit of a piece of computer program what you have is this very interconnected ecology of behaviors or a kind of web or a kind of garden um, in which uh, things that happen over here have relevance for things that happen over there and you can't really control it in the same way that you can control a computer for instance you can kind of guide it and shape it and you know make more make certain kinds of behavior more probable but you can't determine them and that's really important uh, for philosophical reasons but maybe i won't get into them right now but what's important for your understanding of that is when you're actually going to change your behavior it really kind of gives you a, a distance from which you're making those changes and you no longer feel guilty or there's something wrong with you or so on and so forth and you start to go, okay, what is it in my environment that maybe doesn't seem connected to this behavior, but maybe it is connected. And the process that we, we're kind of going to go through is kind of uncovering those interdependencies in, in a sense, and then introducing things into your environment that motivate the kinds of behaviors that, that you want and are going to be best for you. Right. So that's kind of starting to make sense to me. So the the logic in, 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 you know, as I train, as I would be anyways, over the next few months, like just going to my jujitsu, doing, getting on the mats, like the standard kind of training, we'll be catching up every so often and working through this and you'll be helping me understand what I need to do to have uh, to create better behavior so I can train more or like what, what, what is it? So is it going to be so I can stick with my training plan better? Is that what, because like inevitably I'm probably, so this is right. If I foresee what I would probably end up doing, if you, if I wasn't doing this with you is I would say, no, all right, I want to train three times a week. I want to, you know, outside of training, I want to lift some weights, but Etc. Yeah. Etc. But inevitably, I'm going to fall off the wagon between now and the event because there's such a time, and I'm human. And then by you helping me, hopefully, I won't fall off the wagon. Is that kind of the, the what's going to happen, or hopefully happen? Yeah, that's one. It's a big aspect of it, right? It's like how do you make things that are most valuable stable over the longer term? And how can you engage with your environment and yourself in such a way that you can make that much more probable? But I think, you know, you're, you're pretty good at, say, if you do commit to something to actually follow through on it. Um, and we can talk maybe a bit as, as it goes on about why that might be the case as well, uh, because it's not, it's not necessarily obvious, right? Your own, your own interpretation of why we do these things or why we might be good at these things is not always uh, the best explanation. But um, the other component, as well as just kind of habituating things that are going to be valuable for you, is this process of kind of distillation, right? Understanding, okay, what, what is the outcome and what behaviors would be the best to kind of bring about that outcome over the longer term? And then um, the kind of design of, well, the design of a system of constraints, which are basically things that make behavior, behavior more probable, but also an understanding of how said behaviors cascade into each other, right? So if I do this, 
uh, it has consequences for this so that I should do this before I do this. Or does that make sense? Like it's like a, a, a distillation of all the say potential um, things that contribute to a particular outcome and yep. then a kind of streamlining of the process such that you can bring it about most efficiently and most reliably. Um, so you're going to get this behavioral domino effect and you're asking, okay, what are the first dominoes? What's the second domino? What's the third domino? So, the, But by the time you're at the second domino, it's actually deriving value from you haven't done you know, the first domino. And by the time you're at the third, it's, it's deriving more value. So you're kind of amplifying your uh, behavioral output in a sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose we laid a foundation. Uh, what about for anyone that's listening? Should we? We, we just talk. We, we touched on earlier about the why a podcast. We, we, so we should we just say we were going to be doing this anyways. We were going to be having these sessions. We knew, you know, we started talking about this a little while ago. Once I said I was doing the worlds, and you had been talking about wanting to do the the EBD. We said we're going to be having these chatting to each other probably once a week on this stuff anyways. So we said, sure, why don't we? Why don't we document it? Maybe somebody else or somebody that that has their own thing that they want to train for or not train for is a uh, uh, might find something in this as well. Is that something that like if you're not doing a jujitsu competition, are you going to be able to to listen along to this maybe and and hopefully gain something from it? Yeah, well, I think that's so. The the approach we're going to be doing right. There's two ways to understand it. It's very individualized and it kind of has to be in the same way that, say, a garden is ultimately a local entity, right? And it's contingent upon whatever it is that's going on around it. Uh, you are a local entity, very contingent on your own history and the environment in which you're embedded. So whatever we do is not going to be explicitly relevant to someone else. That said, the principles are going to be as generalizable as possible, right? So the whole approach that I'm trying to develop is one that has that kind of, um, to the extent that is possible, a kind of yeah. universal generalizability. Of course, that's always going to be limited. Cool. So there will be some, so if you're arson at home, there is a potential, if you have something that you're striving for or that you want to get better at, yeah, or you 100%, want to change it, 100%. You can listen along and, and gain something from this too. Absolutely. And, um, and and that's why I suppose we're doing a podcast versus just having the conversation to right. document it and hopefully, right. and probably like we, we talked about this before the, uh, the podcast and by documenting it, it's kind of forcing us to, or, to, to better think about why we're doing it and, and to maybe articulate it better, I suppose, because we have to, uh, we're trying to recognize that others might be listening to this. And hopefully that's the thing with your EBD, you know, cause you've had this idea and through this process is going to, Right, make you better at yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. It's for it's forcing me to step outside of the academy, if you will, and you know, and 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 ground this a bit better. And I should say, like, this is something I'm working my way through, right? So, you know, ideas I'm using, metaphors I'm building. Um, this is all in process. You know, it's not as I said, part of my PhD work. It's a kind of side project. Well, that's what um, makes it more exciting, doesn't it? You know, it's, so we're both going on this journey over the next few months and anybody that's listening is also on the journey. And then, you know, for sure, for sure. 
And, and uh, you've guaranteed I'm going to win the world as well, didn't you? Wasn't that one of the prerequisites? It's a 100% <laughs> guarantee. But there's an, an interesting thing, right? Like already, and just, just to put an EBD note on this, <laughs> already, like we can see how because of our context, it's changing how we're understanding what we're doing and forcing us into different kind of channels of action, right? And, and changing our behavior and the meaning of our behavior. Uh, and that's kind of like, if there's a print, if there's a overarching principle or, or moral that I, I, I like EBD for, or I like, you know, the, the, my, my own kind of say intentions with its development is I'm very say skeptical, skeptical about certain aspects or certain approaches to what we might normally call self-care or self-development that seem to cloister the individual off from the world and have them focus only on themselves and that kind of thing. And what I think about EBD um, is, is a means to kind of hijack our tendencies towards individualism, right? This desire to better ourselves, but actually in the process walk you through a practice that lets you see the extent and the degree to which you're embedded in broader ecologies of say your immediate environment and all the conditions that it brings forth um, and the people in that environment and you know the broader world in which you exist and hopefully there's a kind of recognition in there that you know health well-being betterment self-development is a shared process and an interdependent process and a relational process that doesn't come about from one individual right it's a it's an achievement of a society and so on and i think um you know if that floats your boat that's kind of what we're kind of walking through here um hopefully and i'd love to hear back from people who are listening um oh mom and dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 they're just in the next room there. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock at the door of the closet. But, uh, any comments? <laughs> Stick them online there, just so it looks like we're, <laughs> we're actually uh, engaging. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but in all seriousness, like, nah, if, nah, yeah, if, yeah. if, you know, people are listening and they're getting something from it, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would love to hear it back from people who yeah, are getting okay. something from it. Good. Sounds good. I'm excited. So what, all right, we're, you know, I think we've laid the foundation for episode one, probably. So maybe we should kind of like uh, some parting thoughts, but what's going to happen now between now and say our next session? I know like immediately I know that I need to, and we've talked about this offline before, and I need to think a little bit more about what's required to win the worlds. I'm going to look at I have some videos, I have some ideas there and I'll share them probably in the next episode. But what I've, you know, and I'm going to continue to train jujitsu. You know, I'm going to go to my classes and I'm going to do a bit of jogging, kind of the standard stuff. You had mentioned before we, we came online that you're going to send me some priming material. Yeah. Uh, are you going to send that and we just share it with everybody next week and, and we can go from there? Is that kind of the logic? Yeah, uh, whether or not we'll actually share the materials it's probably yet to be decided, but we'll talk about what we shared. Um, and I guess that's something, you know, if we get feedback along the way, that's like, can we have the template for doing this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly happy to, to share all of that uh, when I have it in a position that I think it's worth sharing. 
But, but there will be enough. There will be some. You will be able to share. You know the principles again, like you say. Oh yeah, no, they should. But what I'm saying is, like, if if someone comes to us and says, "Oh look, I see there's a kind of template that you're using here. Can you give me the document with that oh, yeah, template?" Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. that, 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 that'd be something I'd love to do down the line, and you know, even get people's feedback and everything. But you know, I'm, I'm, in my PhD, we're running a business. We do different things, so there's a lot going on, um, and I probably won't be able to get that together within the. Yeah, yeah. Next few months or whatever. But what was your question? I forget your question. Or did you have a question? Or were you saying something prior to that? Uh, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was saying parting thoughts, anyways. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> you were <trying> to, <laughs> you're going to meltdown. My recall of 45 seconds ago is already shattered. Uh, yeah, no. So anyways, all right. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we're talking about the primary material or whatever. So. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah all right. So you send me some track. stuff and we'll catch up in the next episode. We're not going to leave people in the dark as to what we're talking about. And we'll, we'll kick on from there. So what could people expect at episode two? Episode two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Episode two. Uh, so what we're going to do is, yeah, I'm going to send you some stuff in the meantime, which is say if I was normally walking through a coaching session with a client, it's exactly what I do. I'd send them stuff in advance of that session. Uh, and it's basically just priming material, like you said, to you know, ready the mind. So even some of the stuff that I just talked about with the difference between uh, the kind of computer metaphor and the garden metaphor, that kind of stuff, I think having a slight, say, framing of those ideas um is is helpful for this process so it'll be that and then if your behavior was very specific uh which yours isn't it's more kind of broad and it's a whole host of behaviors which is a different process but if it was something very specific i'd be looking for a bit of background on that but not too much so all i'm going to send you is the primary material we're going to meet back here next week and we're going to go through basically an intake session and try and so keep it lively enough. Session number one. This is just like a a, a, pre, a preamble or preface, to, preface, 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 <laughs> <laughs> introduction. We call it introduction uh, to the uh, and and next week will be session number one for all intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah, cool. And like, if it's say if it's getting really boring and we're just doing sessions and it's like, well, this, this, this isn't interesting. We'll be sensitive to that and we'll adjust accordingly. Um, or, you know, that's it. But like, again, at the end of the day, we were going to be doing this anyway. It's not like we're, we're trying to make, you know, right, this right, mass right, right, right. Hopefully it is a mass of people we're going to be doing it anyway. We're just hitting the record button at the same time and sitting in a closet and sitting in, you know, <laughs> at the, the podcast studio. Yeah, you're going to have to get us some sort of banner behind you there. Stick it on the wall. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Uh, should we, any other parting thoughts or leave it there, wrap it up? I feel like I should have a poem or something, but no, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. And we, we should say, we're not, this is our first time, we're not podcast hosts, so we don't really know, you know, we're, we don't know what we're doing. So we're just, there is a, there is say, I think we've both listened to a lot of podcasts and, um, I have had a radio show in the past, uh, where I did some podcasting. Meow. <laughs> so there's, there's a, I just want to say, look, 
we're not going to take you for a ride and be pure amateurish. We're going to do our best, even yeah. though it's just something we're doing between ourselves to, um, you know, we're going to do our best to make it listenable. Yeah. At the same time. Excellent. And hopefully win the worlds. And the win the time. worlds. Well, that's guaranteed. Like that's not even a hope. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's not guaranteed, what is guaranteed? You oh know, yeah. That's a I good question. You, you can that's control who I end up with on the mats and maybe I'll end up with a, a, a guy that's been sandbagging there should be a black belt but you know I'm, I'm conscious of that too but what, what can can you guarantee anything from the outside well look, look that's, that's, a really, yeah. that's a really good question and I think we'll leave that for next week because that's going to that's, that's going to be part of um, actually what we talk about so alright uh, tune in next week alright leave it there talk to you leave it there good luck <laughs>